Very lucky to be joined by Distinguished Professor of Chemistry and Nanotechnology, Professor Tibelo Nyakong, who joins us on the line this evening. Professor, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Night Talk. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's, it's always nice to have a scientist talking. <laughs> uh, we feel ignored sometimes, so I'm very happy. We're very glad to have you and congratulations on your latest award. Yes, no, thank you very much. It's a very special one. Um, because, I mean, the continent to acknowledge science is a very important thing. Mm. Uh, and for me to be able to address all, well, not all of them were there, but the leaders of the continent, I was very proud to be able to do that. So it's a very special award for me. And for those of you who don't know, it's the African Union Kwame Nkrumah Scientific Award, which was presented to Professor Tebelo Nyakong um, uh, earlier on uh, this year. So the award recognizes your work, which you've been doing for many, many years. I know when I was a, a student at Rhodes, already your work was being lauded and recognized, uh, you know, a decade ago. And again, your work in, into nanotechnology and cancer research is still being being um, looked at and, uh, and being lauded. So... Your, your particular research aims to look at an alternative form of therapy or treatment for cancer patients. Is that correct? Yes, yes, it is, it is correct. But I want to state something so that your listeners will understand that anybody can win this award, regardless of what research they are doing. Mm-hmm. The award recognizes someone whose research is at the international level. That is, you are in power with top researchers in America, everywhere. Whether you are doing pure mathematics, you are doing physics or sociology, it does not matter. It recognizes excellence in research in the continent, regardless of the project. So the project, yes, it's interesting. It makes your listeners understand what I do. But the most important thing is creating new knowledge in the African continent, doing research that can lead to, to, to new discoveries in the future. So, yes, the project is important, but it is also very important for your listeners to understand that anything they do that is at the highest possible level can, can get them this award. Um, Prof, uh, thank you very much again for taking our uh, interview today. Um, one of the, something very exciting about uh, about about sci- about nanotechnology and especially chemistry, uh, we've always known it as for for me, it's just a sci- sci-fi from a sci-fi element is that nanotechnology is about really small microorganisms that are used for a specific purpose. Can you break it down in a much more in, in a much more layman's term in terms of uh, what nanotechnology is and how it's working to improve li- African lives and other uh, te- uh, Study medical studies. Yeah, uh, nanotechnology is everywhere now. If you buy genes in some shops, I won't say which, they now put nanoparticles into the genes. They say they are dead repellent, so students like them. You don't have to wash them. So nanotechnology <laughs> is small. It's if you take your hair mm-hmm. and take a small portion of that hair, nanotechnology, nanoparticles are powerful. Mm. They are able to do things which uh, normally we couldn't do. So that is important. In sunscreens, they now put nanomaterials. They make it easier to uh, expel the the, the sun, whatever. And in in laundry machines now, they put nanomaterials. In medicine, they are now being used to direct drugs. You know, cancer drugs in particular are a problem because like chemotherapy, they go to healthy cells. Mm -hmm. So if you, you combine your drugs with nanomaterials, they direct them exactly to where the cancer is. That is the beauty of nanotechnology. 
Aha, uh-huh. and that's what your specific area of research looks at is using nanotechnology uh, to improve uh, cancer treatment. Specificity. So the cancer is specific. It doesn't kill you like chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And any, yeah. I mean, so I mean, one that's one of the big side effects of chemotherapy. So when we start using nanotechnology or um, or photodynamic therapy, are there any side effects to that therapy? Do we know yet? There, there are side effects for actually everything we take, mm. but with with photodynamic therapy, it uses light, the drug, to kill cancer. The problem is that if the light also, uh, if the drug goes to healthy tissues it begins to react like chemotherapy. So we try to avoid the drug going to healthy tissue. We direct with nanoparticles only to the cancer tissue. So we are, we are designers as chemists. We are designing things that go where we want them to go in the body. We, we are very smart people, chemists, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> You're very smart people. We beg people. to differ, actually. We, we were talking uh, earlier to... Um, we were talking earlier to... Uh, uh, we were talking earlier and saying that um, specifically the, how smart people make us feel so insignificant. But the way you speak about science and how it's actually being active in people and just your excitement around it. Because we're used to thinking like science is something that is academic and it's strictly there. But it's got more, much more nuanced uh, effects in terms of how it's being uh, perceived by people and children specifically. How, how, how is it uh, that we can that reshape uh, the traditional thinking towards science to be embraced in a much more effective manner by people? If, if we can realize that it is our everyday life, science is in everyday life. It's what we are. I can tell you, when I went to high school myself, I, there was the art and the science stream. And I went into the art stream for that reason that you are talking about, mm. that science is hard, don't do it. So I went and, and did geography, whatever, the other subjects. And I was so bored because these other subjects, they talk too much. There's no action there. So <laughs> it's all theory. <laughs> okay, they'll kill me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I came back to with two years of high school left. So I did my science subjects, which everybody had done for five years. I did them in two years. So the teachers were crazy. I was crazy to do this, but I had found my home. Science is real. It's what we do. It's everyday life. And so do you think that's then what's missing when looking... So I know I was one of the children or kids in high school who also chose arts because I didn't think all the the social scientists, arts, humanities subjects, because I didn't think I was a a scientific student or because I'd struggled with higher grade maths. I I only did biology, I didn't do chemistry or physics because I thought, well, those are for the serious students, the students who get the numbers and the complicated stuff. But perhaps then if I'd been told that, well, you don't have to be, you know, a young Einstein. You can do science as well. You can do science. Teachers have a responsibility also to encourage. But there's this thing called 100% pass rate. That drives me crazy because in school, uh, we will discourage. The children can be discouraged from doing certain subjects because they are perceived to be hard because they want that 100% pass rate. Mm. But, on, yeah, it can be a problem, but anybody can do science. Actually, in universities now, they can admit children. I don't want to talk to, about all universities, but we do have some science, whether it's biology or, or something, you can be admitted. I think you still need the math, though. But, you know, it's, it's, science is it's practical. And once you get to university, apart from high school, you realize how the principles can be applied in real life. We try to teach it so that we make it real. We can relate it to where you come from, to the village you come from, to your experiences. You know, so it can be taught 
properly and children can enjoy it. Mm. We're joined on the line by Professor Devilo Nyakong. She's a a distinguished professor of chemistry and nanotechnology. Her latest award for her work uh, is from the African Union Kwame Nkrumah Scientific Award. And we're taking your calls on 011-882-0702-021-446-0567. We're also taking your SMSs on 31702 and 31567. And you can tweet us at Radio 702 and at Cape Talk. Some Gelisi was saying here, I really like this professor. So nice and bubbly. Do you get that often that people expect, I don't know what people expect of professors, but the fact that... Yeah, they expect me to be old and have white hair or probably a male, a white male. Mm-hmm. That's what they expect. And then they meet anyway, you. Let me tell you, listen, I don't even know how to tweet. Can one of them tell me how to tweet? I don't know how to tweet. <laughs> we, can, we, can we can help you tweet. Okay. We can definitely but, do but that. People have a certain impression. Most of my students are female. They are from rural areas. They are doing doctoral in, in, in the sciences, in chemistry. And I'm, I'm, my job is to encourage young people in this country to get educated to the highest possible level because we can in South Africa. We can. One of my favorite quotes comes from uh, Utuli Matonzela, and she says that empathy inspires innovation. Um, recently, our neighbors in Zimbabwe have experienced the Zim shutdown, and uh, there's been a lack of African, there's been a, 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 a perceived lack and, uh, uh, of African solidarity. And I just wanted to ask, what can, are, there, are, there, are there collaborative efforts when it comes to uh, academics and science in terms of moving um, African, Africa together, and what can we do to improve relations? to improve as Africa and the union and partnerships we have? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Because, you know, I, I, there was a time I felt like be, between South Africa and Europe, it, it's like people believed there was air. There were no countries in between. Now we begin to recognize that. There are no programs whereby uh, we have collaborations funded by both governments. I don't know about Zimbabwe, but we have Kenya, we have to Angola, we have, to, we have them with many other countries. We now have bilateral agreements where their students can come to us and our students can go to them. We are working very closely with many African countries now. And first of all, most of my students come from all over the continent, actually. So I tend to take students who are already lecturers and they have a master's degree, and I train them to to have PhDs so they go back to their countries. And we continue to collaborate. And in, in, in terms of photodynamic therapy repl- as, a, as a viable alternative to chemotherapy, at the moment, what are the scales in terms of success? Is it more or less the same or is it a 49 to 50 percent? What is the effectiveness of both and how far is, is photodynamic therapy uh, to actually uh, replacing chemotherapy? Um, photodynamic therapy is already in place in many countries and in South Africa it is on a patient-to-patient basis for macular degeneration and also for skin cancer, it can be there. What The difference of what the available drugs are and what we are making, ours are able to be more specific so they don't act like chemotherapy. But photodynamic therapy is available. It's not available wide scale in South mm. Africa, no. It's patient by patient, mm-hmm. depending on the doctors and what they understand. It cannot replace surgery. It, cannot, it can replace chemotherapy. But not completely, because it's a directed treatment. Laser light, you have to have light. If something is in the body, mm. for example, within the organs, you have to direct laser light there. So it, it, it's where there are hollow organs, where you can get laser light to it. So it's not a, a wholesome treatment, no.
And the costs, what are the costs? Can a, a, a normal person afford it or do you need, like, uh, do you need to be really wealthy to, to afford the state-of-the-art uh, medical treatment? In, in South Africa, they, they import the drugs and that's what I was trying to avoid, that mm. we make our own, but it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know the cost. The last time I had it was $400 per batch, but you know, there's lasers involved, the, the, the drug. It's not simple. It's not a simple treatment. So you have to be in hospital for a while, you know, because there is so many other things involved. It's not just giving a, a, a patient medicine to go home. You have to monitor the patient and so on. So the cost can also be hospital costs, which can be very high. Mm. And in terms of the prize money from the AU award, uh, I remember when it had been given to you, you hadn't decided what you wanted to do with it. Have you decided what you want to do with the prize money? I want to do something to do with science. I want to do something that will help young people, not necessarily just in South Africa, but in the continent, Mm. who want to study at the highest possible level in science. I I want to help. There's so much need that I want to develop a trust. I I don't want to give you all my secrets now, (laughs) but I I really want to do something to do with science. Mm. And then in terms of, I mean, we had a conversation with the Minister of Science and Technology, uh, Mamna Lady Pando, a couple of weeks yeah. ago, where she raised the issue of prioritizing science and technology, saying South Africa can't afford to get left behind um, no. in terms of, you know, innovation, uh, especially in, in the science and technology area. And she said one of the things that we'd need to do is almost prioritize funding for science and technology. And I wonder, do you think that it's just about funding or are there other ways in which we could ensure, to quote the minister, we don't get left behind? Do you know what? I, I, I'm not a politician at all, but I'm telling you, the South African government, oh, they've done very well as far as this is concerned, particularly Minister Pando. Mm-hmm. The funds, yes, they have released a lot of funds. And I like the way they operate, because the funds for science are are meant for science. You can't do anything else with them, which is very important. But it's, it is also engaging in young people to have that passion. You have to love challenges. If you think, if your teacher says science is hard, just tell, tell your teacher that I, I want that challenge. We need to have Nobel Prize winners soon in this country, and it, it will be a black person. Um, Prof, you're also known, very well known for your mentoring and development of other young scientists. Uh, do you perhaps need more assistance in those areas? And how could you, how could you uh, get that assistance? And what assistance would it be exactly? Oh, I have too many students. Uh, you can come and help me. I, I'm supervising too many students. Mm. Students from all over the world and all over the country Yeah, come to my group. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just feel like I need two of me. Is that possible? <laughs> Surely yeah. science and technology is at that point where we can now clone, <laughs> we can make another Professor Nyakong? To be honest with you, I, I cannot complain about funding. I would be ridiculous to complain about funding when people are eating in the street on the beans. If you live in Grand Town, you see poor people here. Mm. We are advantaged and we must pay back. We must work hard. I tell my students this all the time, that we must work hard. There are so many better for South African students to study. But higher and higher and higher, but they don't want to. Why don't we want to? Is it because we don't know the money is there? The the best studies are there. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why they don't want to study. They want quick jobs, buy that car and whatsoever. So I would like to encourage (laughs) 
South African students who study, the opportunity is here now. They should study more and more. Not with me, I have too many students. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. That's Distinguished Professor of Chemistry and Nanotechnology, uh, the African Union Kwame Nkrumah Scientific Award recipient, Professor Tebelo Nyakong, on the line to us from Grahamstown uh, and at my alma mater, Rhodes University. Thank you so much for your time, Professor. Thank you for having me.